Before going into lockdown, Gil Amador was the manager of an American bistro in Milwaukee. He's 36. The restaurant closed, so he went for a much lower-paid job in an Amazon warehouse. 50-year-old Jeanette Hurus-Hubel manages her own company, Integrity Billing and Consulting LLC, based in Wilsonville, Oregon. She employs four people who advise clients on their invoices, among them chiropractors, masseuses and acupuncturists. All her customers had to close in order to comply with social distancing rules, meaning her revenue went from $12,000 to $2,500 a month. Not enough for her home and office rent. She applied for help from the government and a job at Amazon, despite being overqualified to do it. 30-year-old Scott Farrig normally works in music, overseeing tours for several artists. No more concerts has meant no more income. He was preparing to buy a house close to Nashville, but of course he had to abandon that project. He also applied for a job at Amazon. Since the start of the lockdown, the American giant has opened around 175,000 job positions in its warehouses across the world. During this time in the United States, dozens of businesses have been forced to lay off millions. So are Amazon and other web platforms the big winners of the COVID-19 crisis? Orange presents The Memo. Hello, Chloe. Hi, Joe. Welcome to this fifth edition of The Memo, dedicated to confinement. Today, we are interested in the digitalization of the economy and the powerful grip the large platforms hold over it. This isn't a new subject, but you could say that global lockdowns have given them a huge boost, as well as building tensions. Chloe? That's what economists like Daniel Cohen say, writing in Le Monde and Alternative Économique. He was also quoted in last week's episode. He says the crisis will also boost a new form of capitalism, what he calls digital capitalism, that of the big platforms, the Amazons, Airbnbs, the Deliveroos, etc. According to the numbers, have the big e-commerce platforms really been doing well so far out of the crisis? It's mixed. In fact, if there is one big winner in this crisis, it's Amazon, which hasn't been negatively affected by the crisis at all anywhere in the world. I read on NBC News that Jeff Bezos' enormous company is actually suffering from too much demand for the infrastructure to handle. Traffic jumped to 2.5 billion visitors in March, 65% more than last year during the same period. And other platforms? It's a lot more difficult for other companies like Airbnb and Uber, of course, since they depend directly on travel or our social lives. The crisis has complicated things for them just as much as for other businesses and all other sectors that have been affected. A few weeks after the start of the confinement in Seattle, Uber suffered a 60-70% to drop in business. That's according to the business news site Cori. And Deliveroo has even been forced to ask Amazon for help. Yes, the meal delivery service suffered a huge dip in business after restaurants were closed, says The Guardian. But the closure of the large fast food chains hit the company more than anything else. So they adapted, and couriers are now working to transport food shopping and other groceries in partnership with supermarket chains. But it still wasn't enough, so the company cried for help, and in came Jeff Bezos, the boss of Amazon. He had already declared an interest in investing in Deliveroo a year ago. The UK competition regulator had forbidden this deal, saying it broke competition laws. 
but exceptional circumstances require exceptional decisions. So the British regulators changed their minds. So it seems like Amazon really is the big winner of the crisis. In reality, those who have done really well are those who offer basic necessities. Food products mainly, but also computer equipment, books, and toys. And of course, Amazon specializes in all of these. Opsoco, the Observatory of Society and Consumption, has already noted that French people have been spending more on Amazon. According to Kantar, the online giant's market share rose by 22% in 2019. Observatory founder and economist Philippe Moati posted in a Le Monde forum that Amazon is also increasingly competing with other platforms. Chinese company Alibaba has built a site in Belgium, and Google and Facebook are also focusing on e-commerce. There's no European competitor in this category apart from the French C-Discount online store, which has managed to hold its market position. And there are also sites offering niche products like Vinted for second-hand and vintage clothes, Mano Mano for DIY, and so on. But the shops will open again one day. People will eventually return to the stores. Yes, but we can also anticipate that consumer habits are changing in the long term. Inevitably, businesses are finding it practical to have their goods delivered, especially taking into consideration that the COVID-19 crisis will not be over from one day to the next. Philippe Moati also says it's a winner-takes-all economy, where cumulative mechanisms tend to strengthen the most powerful companies. And that puts their e-commerce sites in a very influential position regarding other traders. Yes, that's what I read on the American news site Vox. Large e-commerce platforms are working with these sellers. They market both their own products and those of third parties. Independents and brands increasingly need to be present on these sites, in competition with Amazon products. Even more so during the lockdown period. Birkenstock, for example, the famous shoe brand, already chose to desert the platform. With the closure of all their stores, they returned. Consumers in the U.S. can see and buy Birkenstocks on Amazon for the first time. Vox magazine cites a 2016 study which states that the objective for these large platforms is not to be number one on the market, but to become the market, the place where all exchanges occur. With what consequences for smaller traders? An ever-increasing dependence. Look at Amazon's decision, taken in all countries more or less under duress, to only let essential products pass through its warehouses during the time of confinement. This against a backdrop of tensions surrounding employee safety. This all has a direct impact on merchants who rely on Amazon to sell their products and deliver them to customers. Vox also cites a report by Stacy Mitchell, an activist in an association for the preservation of local businesses. She says this decision was undoubtedly the right one, but what she says must be questioned is the fact that Amazon can make such a decision at all, which has an enormous impact on thousands of small traders. Are smaller traders organizing themselves to deal with it? Yes, absolutely. All over the world, new initiatives are appearing thanks to digital technology allowing traders to sell their products. In France, retail startups are focused on helping these small traders. I read about it in L'Usine Digitale. Stuart, a partner of La Poste, offers a secure payment service, but also delivery by bike. There's a big growth in online sales platforms that go directly to grocery producers. For example, on France Bleu, I heard that the Rhône-Alpes Chamber of Agriculture has created an interactive map to discover nearby producers who sell directly. The new Aquitaine Food Agency has also taken the same initiative. In two days, 1,300 producers registered on the site and got 40,000 requests. 
Does this represent a trend of small businesses fighting back against the global monolith? Can we expect this to continue? That depends above all on consumers. Economist Philippe Moati said on France Culture that he sees consumers as split into two groups. There are those who are making an effort to consume less and consume better. This is mainly the upper class. And then there are those who are experiencing great frustration due to confinement and throw themselves into more consumerist shopping behavior, enabled by e-commerce. These two visions of the world coexist. And he says these heightened tensions could go as far as generating social unrest. Thank you, Chloe, and thank you to all our followers. See you next week for a new episode of The Memo. You are listening to The Memo, an orange podcast. <laughs>